Hello, Les Raymond here with the Mindful Movement. Whether you are about to enjoy one of Sarah's beautiful meditations or dive into a podcast interview, I would like to remind our community that the best way to support the Mindful Movement is to support the companies that make this happen. Sarah and I are very picky about the companies we choose to work with, and we are grateful to have the relationships we have and to share them with our listeners. You can learn more about our affiliates through our website by clicking on the Favorites tab. We are excited to have recently added Sunlighten as an affiliate. They make state-of-the-art infrared saunas, and their founder, Connie, came on for a recent interview if you would like to listen. Our Sunlighten sauna has been a family favorite for over a decade. Some of our most popular affiliates are the grounding mats from Ultimate Longevity, which we sleep on every night, and the Apollo Neuro, which Sarah is now wearing daily to help manage stress. When you support these brands, you in turn are supporting the mindful movement and helping Sarah and I continue to devote our time to this passion. Whether you check out these companies or not, I just want to say thanks again and reiterate how grateful Sarah and I both are for all of the support over the years. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Mindful Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Les Raymond. Thanks for tuning in again. Today, I wanted to talk about healing. I used to be obsessed with healing. Now I guess I'm downgraded to just, I like healing. I think that's a function of being successful with healing. When you feel like your health is taken from you, you value it more. And you can get obsessed with the process of trying to get your health back, to feel better. And then when you feel good, it's a little more out of sight, out of mind. You transition to healing phases, to maintenance phases and such and could ultimately get back to looking at life through a different lens in terms of thriving and what you want to do with your time. Whereas when you don't feel good, sometimes those questions could feel very far away. That could lead to feelings of despair or hopelessness or depressive thoughts or cycles, depressive thought cycles, patterns, which doesn't in in turn help with healing. And that's what I wanted to touch on today a little bit. There's a lot of topics around healing that I could really nerd out on. I spent so much time just consuming content around healing and tinkering with my own lifestyle to see how Outcome outcomes would be different. And I learned a lot about a lot of different aspects that contribute to healing. I want to do multiple podcast episodes where we have time to touch more deeply on the different aspects. But for today, I wanted to talk more broadly and think of a general approach to healing as it regards to not just where to begin, but something that can overarchingly always nourish healing in general, regardless of what current state of well-being we seem to be experiencing. The nervous system runs the show in many ways. If we think about the fact that our body, our brain has a a role to keep us alive, and it has limited resources to do so. 
like everything that our body requires requires energy. We have to make energy. We have to make electrons to do all the things our body does. So you could start off broadly speaking that we need to be able to give our body the resources to do the things it knows how to do that relate to healing, whether it's making new cells, repairing damaged tissue, whatever. Our nervous system can hold kind of different states in any given moment. You've probably heard the balance between the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. And that is a simplified view of looking at things, but it's really useful. So it definitely doesn't tell the whole story. But an idea that's easy to lean on that is very useful when looking at it very simply as you could be in a state of sympathetic tone, it's a little bit more fight, flight, stress, get up and go, which is can be very useful in life. Or you could be in a state of rest, digest, relaxation and such. That framework is really useful because it's rare that our body has the resources to do everything. So our nervous system is going to prioritize keeping you alive today and maybe tomorrow. So if it has limited resources, it's going to prioritize the things that keep you alive today and kind of back burner some of the other things that require its attention, energy, so that when we're, when we're partitioning fuel and we're taking the substrate, like the, the food and information that we take in our body, and then our body's trying to figure out how to allocate its resources appropriately from the energy it can make from those substrates and such. If we don't give it enough resources to do everything, it's going to start prioritizing in a way where things that might keep you alive long term, but aren't required to keep you alive today, get pushed to the back burner a little bit. Like, and we see this in acute situations too. Like if you were really stressed, let's say you were in the middle of a high intensity exercise routine, your body is going to be like partitioning its resources to the thing that's helping you survive that. So it might be sending more blood to your arms and your legs so that you could kind of get through this perceived fight. Keep in mind, our nervous system doesn't necessarily know the difference between different types of stresses. So, for instance, stress from exercise might be seen very similarly as stress from having a boss at work you don't like, or stress from being in a trench where bombs are flying overhead, or stress of poor breathing mechanics, or other emotional or mental stresses. It changes what our body thinks it should be doing now. So one of the things that might be backburnered would be more longer-term processes that aren't needed in that moment. And a lot of the immune function, I think, falls under that category. Like you need a strong immune system 
to survive long-term, a robust, balanced immune response, but it, you don't necessarily need it optimized to survive today. And the signals that our brain receives as far as what is it a good time to do based on our lifestyle, our actions, behaviors, might dictate how it's going to allocate those resources. So when there's healing needed, sometimes the resources you need are more. Like, I remember one of the doctors I saw early in my Lyme journey, he said it takes a lot less work to keep you in balance than to bring you back from an out-of-balance state. So that could be looked a lot of ways. Like when you're sick, you might need more nutrients than you need than when you're well, more support in some category. Now, the value of having this somewhat simplified outlook of like stress or relaxation is it's used for application purposes. Like what do I do in my life to help support my nervous system in this process? And the reason it's important is because if your nervous system thinks it's in a time of stress, it's not going to be prioritizing the healing, the acute thing that you're dealing with right now. And that acute thing, like it could be something chronic also. For instance, if you have some chronic inflammation in your GI tract somehow from, you know, years of poor diet, or maybe a diet you think is good, but just has something in it that is not serving you well that you're unaware of, it's going to be hard to get resources to repair that if it's always stressed and thinks it should be doing other things, like helping you survive the stress of today. Now, I think a long time ago, the type of stresses we had were a little different than what we face today. The stresses were probably more severe, the threats were more severe, and they were probably not as frequent. So having a strong inflammatory immune response in an acute stress was probably really useful Whereas now, the types of stresses we have and the frequency of them, where we have all these stresses that are like in our lifestyle throughout the day, doesn't bode well for that response because we could wind up in these more chronic, low-level inf inflammatory responses that can manifest in a lot of different like disease pathologies. But the place to start is to tell our nervous system to teach our nervous system that this is a good time to be doing the healing, that you could not have to worry so much about other things so that you could divert resources to healing. So if we are stressed, our nervous system is going to be less likely to divert resources to heal those long-term, low-grade things that show up in a lot of the common ailments people have today. So this is different than acute situations like if you get in a car accident. But most people are suffering from some more chronic, low-grade illness. And sometimes they could flare up in some way. Anyone that's had like an autoimmune condition that they've been um, navigating could probably speak to that. So a great place to start or to reconnect with, no matter where you are in your healing journey, is to Build a strong practice of sending a signal to our nervous system that is a safe time to divert resources to healing. 
Now, there's a lot of tools of how to do this, but it's a place to continuously connect with. And we're spoiled with tools now because there's a whole like market of technology that could kind of hack your way to a calmer nervous system. But I think the most important things are to focus on the things that are kind of built in where we don't need external equipment. So things that tell your brain that it's a good time to relax and it's a safe time to heal. Some of my go-to favorites are just using either the breath or sound through humming, where I could, in a very short period of time, move the needle towards that parasympathetic state. We have this vagus nerve that you've probably heard mention that basically goes from the brainstem down the spine, innervating with many of our major organs. And one of the cool aspects of this nerve is it seems to be sending more northbound northbound information. So it's like our body teaching our brain kind of what state we should be in now based on the environmental information coming in and how we're responding to it in our body. So for instance, the way we breathe will affect the signal from our lungs up our vagus nerve to the control center. Now that's really useful because you could get to it kind of anytime, anywhere. Some basic strategies would be just having long, relaxing exhales. So always like connecting with that signaling to remind your brain, hey, you could relax, brain. Another of my go-to favorites is humming. If you watch Sarah's videos, she probably leans on this to set the tone of a practice a good bit. In my house, humming is like a common thing to hear people doing. It's, it's really powerful. There's something really soothing about that vibration. You know, everything is, is vibration. Everything is energy, and it's all vibrating on some level. And we could like resonate very well. Like we can create a, a sound. And that vibration will resonate through our body. And it's information. It's like this is not something you would do if you were fighting a tiger. So our bodies used that messaging system to stimulate a time of safety. When we do things that we shouldn't or wouldn't do naturally in a time of stress, they are often signals that we're not in a time of stress. If you're in a time of stress, your breathing will generally get shorter. It'll have a somewhat more dominant shift on the inhale. And on the flip side, if we intentionally lengthen our exhale, that signal goes north up the brain stem, to the brainstem it says, oh, we must be relaxed now because look how we're breathing. Oh, I could, I could work on these healing processes that require my attention, my resources. And there's a lot of different things that could be stressing us. And 
that could be a, a really uh, deep dive itself, like how many different forms of stress come in, whether they're through toxicity from our environment or our food supply or water supply, or even like bath products. It could be through non-native electromagnetic frequencies that are relatively new to human biology that we're always being bombarded with. It could definitely be with mental stuff like our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions. It's interesting in the Lyme world, you hear enough healing stories and you hear this common thread that things all happen around the time of some major stress in their life. And it's not a coincidence. I mean, it's just too common of a story. When we're stressed, our immune response is going to be dysregulated. And there's a lot of ways to look at the immune response. Um, uh, one oversimplified way, but useful, is like a quadrant where you kind of have the self and the non-self. And you have defense and tolerance. So... We want those relationships to be in balance. And when we're under stress, they could be out of balance. Like for instance, if looking at the self, a lack of defense could be cancer. A lack of tolerance could be autoimmune, where you're misinterpreting your own body and attacking it. When you're talking about non-self, a lack of defense could be like infection, like you're not fighting off foreign pathogens well, or a lack of tolerance could be allergies, where you're overreacting to something that you shouldn't react. Like you shouldn't be having a histamine response to your pet or the tree out back. But when the system is dysregulated, you lose the balance of those relationships, self, non-self, defense, tolerance. Now, immune response <clears throat> is way more in depth to this. And I'm not, uh, I shouldn't be the one really explaining the details. You know, you'd want an immunologist to, to go in deeper into the different types of cells. But I find this framework that does, granted, it oversimplifies what our immune system does. It's just useful, you know, because in life, like we have a lot of things going on and we need, we want to be able to have applicable strategies to our lifestyle that help. And not everybody could become like a PhD in every freaking topic associated with them feeling better. So it's useful to have like frameworks or lenses to look at these ideas that are just simple. Even though they're not perfect, they're useful. And that's one of them there. So we want the immune system to be balanced and regulated and robust. And when it's out of balance, a whole host of things can happen. But when we're under stress, one of the downfalls is that is it can send the immune system out of balance. Even if the stress doesn't seem like physical. I know on my healing journey, I made a lot of progress with a lot of different modalities. But I, I don't think I made the the big turning points until I dealt with more of the non-physical things, like the emotional and mental, like whether they be belief structures. Like for a while, it was hard for me to believe that I would ever get better because you get so deeply entrenched in your illness and so focused on it. It's just hard 
to have a reference of what it was like to feel good. So it's hard to imagine feeling that way. Like if somebody said, imagine feeling good in your body now, when you don't feel good in your body, it's hard to imagine. It's hard to create that sensation in that moment. And then you have the emotional stresses. And, you know, we talk about trauma many times on this podcast with different guests. And I know Sarah touches on trauma and how it relates to us getting, you know, stuck in our, in our own way, many different um, ways that it can do that. And everybody has some trauma to some degree, somewhere along the way, I think. Some people have a better response to it, like a better threshold. I know when I was really sick, in general, my stress threshold was low. So like I could drop a glass on the floor and I would get a really dysregulated stress response in my body to it. Like little things trip the wire much easier. And now they don't. Like I remember I have to walk down a stairwell at work at the gym and like the flooring material in there gives off some crazy chemical smells because it doesn't get good ventilation, hasn't really off-gassed properly over the years. And I used to get stressed to the point where I really had to hold my breath through the flight of stairs because it would like trigger my immune system. I would get a stress response. And now because I've made a lot of progress, I could smell it and smile. Like you can change your threshold in where an external stress is affecting you. You could build resilience if you practice. And some people, I don't know if it's genetics or just how their childhood was, um, they're just naturally more resilient, uh, which is interesting. But I, I find that in going through extensive healing journey and learning about all things healing that I could for a long time, that's like a sh another shared thing that I see across stories that people have that like you just can't handle stress very well so you can get better at handling that and you could affect what how much stress you have the emotional side is something that is very easy to overlook because i think a lot of the emotional triggers that we have that affect like our immune function and all the traumas we might have to work through we're really good at hiding ourselves, hiding those things from ourselves. So sometimes it's hard to work on them because we don't really know they're there. But I noticed in my journey that when I took the time to go through more emotional healing, my general stress response would get better. I wouldn't get negatively affected if I like ate the wrong food or something that you might think would be unrelated. But it was like improving just the general level of stress of the body and the stress threshold. And then the more you do that, the less you need to learn on the other strategy or lean on the other strategies, whether they be, you know, meditation, breath work, um, humming, you know, things to stimulate the vagus nerve or whether they're like little hacks with technologies, which can be really neat to use. But I don't know, you know, I kind of look at those as like a supplement. Like you want to eat a clean diet first and then kind of supplement to fill the gaps, fill the holes that, you know, that you're having trouble with. So I look at the technologies in the managing your stress world as, you know, extra supplements, which we're just kind of spoiled of access to. Some of them are, are a little easier to access. Some of them can get financially hard 
to access, I think. Some of them are kind of expensive, so it might not be available to everybody. But a lot of them are pretty reasonable. And there's other forms, too. There's other things that we might not think could have such an impact that are very inexpensive, like a walk in the sunshine. Like, it's amazing how few people take the time to just be outside, connect with nature. I can't really underestimate the value of those basics, like putting your bare feet on the ground and standing in the grass in sun or taking a 10 or 20 minute walk on a trail in the woods. How far reaching the benefits are. If you're not used to those things, it might be hard to imagine how that can be very effective at helping you heal when you're dealing with something that seems to be really challenging, but it really helps you right at the root of the problem. Because if you're not healing, then even if there's other things that you need to do, one thing you most likely also need to do is get your nervous system in a place where it thinks it can heal. And walking in nature is really good for the nervous system. Getting in the sun is really good. Slowing down, getting off your screen is really good for the nervous system. So taking that aspect of healing and nourishing it, strengthening it, has really strong long-term effects. Even though it might not like make a skin rash go away that day, or your brain fog, when done regularly, those things that nourish the nervous system really add up. Because the, the body already knows how to heal. Like whenever someone heals from something, nobody had to tell it how to do it. Like the inner wisdom is pretty freaking smart. Oftentimes, we just need to remove the interference. We need to get out of its way. So like if we're eating something that's trashing our system, we need to remove that. And sometimes we only need to remove it temporarily until we get a little farther down our healing. Or if there's some, if there's some toxicity, we might need to remove that. But what we really need to do is just get out of our own way because the body clearly knows how to heal because people heal from things all the time. And by the way, learning that people heal all the time from things that you're struggling with is also really useful because that speaks to the mental side of it. It's like if you've never if you're dealing with an ailment and you've never listened to somebody say, oh, I had that and I got better. This is how I did it. Sometimes it's hard to just believe that it's a thing like there's people out there that believe some ailments are just like purely genetic or something and there's nothing you could do about them. And they don't even have like a framework mentally to believe you could heal from it. So it's important to seek out, I think. You don't necessarily have to do that. I mean, it, I don't want to say it's important. It's useful. It could be very powerful for you. And this might be, you know, different on an individual basis to hear other people that have gone through something similar and come out successful just for the sake of believing that if they can do it, well, you can do it too. You just have to find the right path. And maybe their path, hearing their path will help you. Maybe parts of their path will also help you when you incorporate them. But just 
like the actual interventions that they did, but just hearing that they did it can help you believe that, oh, I know there's a way I can do this. And that is really powerful, like getting all the cells in your body on your side and getting out of maybe thoughts that you can't heal. Because we're, if we think we can do things and we think we can't, uh, there's a good chance we're going to be right. So I'm going to, in the future, go deeper on some of the different strategies to heal physically, mentally, emotionally. But a good place to start is to think of what it's like to be in a state where the body thinks it can heal, where it's safe. So like managing the nervous system, incorporating the things in your life that nourish like relaxation and calmness, working on the belief structures, the mental side of it, learning how to believe. You might not know how to believe you can heal. So learning how to believe that you can heal. And then that that all important emotional side of, you know, what's real deep down, what's in the subconscious there that might be interference to your progress, whether it be going through, and there's a lot of tools for that, you know, meditation, it could be uh, plant medicines, it could be hypnosis, it could be a private coaching session with Sarah, someone that could surgically get you to the point in your past quickly where a shift took place that you could begin to reframe in your subconscious, whether it be a childhood trauma or an adult trauma, where there was some underlying thing stressing the system, something interfering the inner wisdom to do its thing. So connecting with that balance of what are the things that are affecting my nervous system, shifting me from this place where it thinks it's safe to heal, it could allocate resources to heal, to these more stress-dominant states where we're not going to be prioritizing healing and how to interact with that um, that like nervous system infrastructure. Again, some of my favorites are the, just the most basics. Connecting with your breath, slowing it down, especially the exhale. Get that signal early and often through the day. I like the humming practice. It's just, it's easy, it's portable, it feels nice. You could do it uh, for a very short period of time, you know, a few breaths and move the needle in the moment. Looking for opportunities to connect with nature, the sun. I do think there's a lot of like faulty information about the sun. I think in general, the sun is really important. I think people should, in general, get as much sun as they can without getting too much. And too much might be different for different people. So if you get too much, by definition, you got too much. So there's probably some negative thing can happen. But without getting too much, I think we're supposed to get as much as we can. And there's a tolerance that comes with that. So you have to learn how to interact with that tolerance. Maybe go slow. You know, if you're not used to getting sun, don't go naked in the sun at the hottest part of the day for two hours. I mean, yeah, you're going to burn or something. So learning how to build a relationship with sun time, sun exposure safely. Because I think everybody could connect with the idea that when you step out in the sun, oftentimes it feels good. So there's something to be said for feeling good. 
If you want to heal, you want to do things that feel genuinely good to the core. Laughing, singing, relaxing, dancing, getting sun, talking to loved ones, walking in the woods, gentle exercise. I love strenuous exercise, but it's stressful. So managing the dose, especially when you're trying to heal from something, is probably a smart thing to do. You can overdo it. If you exercise too much, it's going to be a problem if you're trying to heal from something. And if you need help figuring out how to incorporate the appropriate exercise for your given situation, you can get help. You can find a coach. I'm a coach. You can reach out to me and see if working together is a good fit. There's a lot of resources out there that could help you. You could probably find a lot of free content on that too. Exercise is healing. If used appropriately, movement in general is healing if appropriate. So you want to find, you know, what's appropriate for you. There's a big spectrum there. You know, if you look at a hundred people, everybody's kind of in different shape. So you want to find what's good for you. And, um, if you're not sure how to do that, then I would love to be a resource for you to help you with that. That's definitely one of my passions. You know, I've been a gym owner for a long time, and that's been my field for a long time. Um, what else do I want to touch on today? I think that's pretty much it. I just want to remind people, hey, start at the beginning. And if you have any questions or specific uh, topics about healing that you want to hear about, whether they're more like dietary focused or um, like so getting into some of the common things that I think people struggle with, whether they're um, things that wreck our, in, our digestive tract that really have far reaching negative benefit or negative effects or um, environmental exposures that seem to affect a lot of people, whether it be like being in a moldy house I've gone through a lot myself, parasitic infections, mold exposure, Lyme, uh, dramatically dysregulated immune response for a long time. Definitely had dietary related issues, especially with uh, oxalates, which, um, you know, fascinating topic. So I've healed from a lot of things. Perfect storm of all that stuff combined with emotional stress. and. Um, I've learned a lot, so I would like to go a little deeper on some of those things. So if you have particular ones you want to hear, just send a message, and I will do my best to accommodate. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, the feedback I got so far is that people are enjoying the solo episode, so I'm not going to give up on the interviews. I have some more of those scheduled, but I do plan on doing these solo episodes more often. And then Sarah and I also plan on doing some shorter podcasts, just the two of us to talk about the things that we're seeing recently um, with the people we're working with and try to share strategies that are helping other people in hopes that they could uh, in turn help more, more of our listeners. Thanks again. I hope everybody out there has a terrific day.